the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Revelation. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. I just love the way that God always gets the last word. Verse 11. Now, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. And they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. I bet so. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. Imagine what the people might be thinking as their celebrations are suddenly interrupted by the resurrection of the two witnesses in Revelation. Pastor Gary shares today that even as this miracle happens for all to see, there are those who still will not turn and believe in God. It goes to show that seeing isn't always believing. Are you waiting for God to show you something or change a circumstance before you believe? Or does your faith allow you to see God in spite of your situation? At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of James, chapter 5, with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. James records it in his epistle, James 5, 17. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. God ended his judgment against the land of Israel when they repented, but it had not rained for three and a half years under the ministry of the prophet Elijah. It tells us here in Revelation eleven six: these have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. Three and a half years. It also says in the next sentence, and they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. In the book of Exodus, between chapter 7 and 12, God outlines a series of 10 plagues that he poured out upon the Egyptians who had enslaved the Hebrew people. And God raised up Moses as his prophet and Moses' brother Aaron as a spokesman to go to Pharaoh and demand that he release the Hebrew people after 400 years as slaves. The first of the 10 plagues was the miracle that God produced when Moses and Aaron raised their staff upon the Nile River that it turned to blood. And so the similarities are pretty uncanny here, that the powers that these two witnesses possessed very similar to the power that Elijah possessed, very similar to the power that Moses possessed, 
as given to them by God. And so thus it is likely that these two witnesses are none other than Elijah and Moses. So um, if in fact it is Elijah and Moses, God's going to bring them back. And God's going to use them in the earth as his mouthpiece, as his witnesses to evangelize those who were still on the earth at the time. Now, their ministry lasts three and a half years, and then God allows something to happen here. But it's going to be for his glory. Keep reading with me in your Bibles, still here in Revelation 11, look at verse 7. And it says, when they finish their testimony, in other words, when the time of their ministry is concluded, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. So here's the next thing that happens for you note takers. Their assassination. The beast, which is the Antichrist, we'll read more about him when we get to chapter 13. He overpowers and he kills them after their testimony is finished. Now don't think that the Antichrist is stronger than the Lord. This is all part of the Lord's timing. He allows it. It's for a purpose. We're going to see here in a moment. Antichrist is not comparable in power to God. Not even close. But God allows the Antichrist to, in, his, in the display of his limited power, the Antichrist kills these two witnesses. And then the Bible says, keep reading verse 8, and their dead bodies will lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, because they had fallen into sin, where also our Lord was crucified. So again, we know this is Jerusalem. And then those from the people's tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And it says, and those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Well, they only tormented them in the sense that if you mess with them, you're going to die. And tormented them in the sense of sometimes the truth is tormenting. When you don't want to hear it, when you're told to repent, get right with God, and you don't want to get right with God, that's, that could be tormenting. Like, stop, you know, la, 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 we don't want to hear this. That's what they mean by being tormented. But what we have here now is their celebration. The bodies of these two witnesses will lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days while people celebrate their death. The Bible says here that they even exchange gifts. There's a new, there's a new holiday on the calendar. It's called Dead Prophets Day. And people are exchanging gifts, and they're like, yes, yes. Well, you know, they're not going to say thank God because they don't, you know, follow God. But they're going to be thank each other because we are so glad that these witnesses are finally dead. Yes, thank you. Maybe they'll say Antichrist for killing them. We got tired of hearing these guys yappa, 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 yappa. Turn to Jesus, turn to Jesus, turn to Jesus. Would somebody kill them? Thank you, Antichrist. That's going to be the attitude. And they're going to be celebrating, dancing in the streets, exchanging gifts. And, 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 and in the midst of their celebration, rejoicing over these guys, not even giving them a proper burial, three and a half days, they're laying in the street of Jerusalem, having been assassinated, not even being given a respectable burial. Then it says this in verse 11. I just love the way that God always gets the last word. Verse 11. Now, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. 
And they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. I bet so. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. Praise God for that. And so this is why, you know, it, it, it's almost like when, when Christ was crucified at first, everybody's so sad, and this is looking like a terrible day, and this Messiah that we thought was going to deliver us from oppression of the Roman Empire, and now it's so gloomy and all of this. But, but God always gets the last word. It's not as bad as it looks. This is all part of God's design in relation to the cross for the ultimate redemption of the world in relation to this event so that God's glory can be displayed. Because God is going to show his power in bringing them to life. And so not only are, are their deaths celebrated, but now we have here the mention of their resurrection and ascension. They will come to life by the breath of God and ascend to heaven. By the way, it's interesting to note, and I failed to mention this back in verse 9, where it said, those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies there, um, lying in the streets for three and a half days, and then it mentions when they rose from the dead, their enemies looked on. Notice the language there. All peoples, nations, tribes, languages. This is John saying the entire world will look on and see this. If there was ever a time that it is possible for the entire world to see an event at a particular location, it's now. Through, Through all the multimedia that we have, It's now, we're living in a day when if an event happens on the street of Jerusalem, it can be broadcast around the world in a nanosecond, and everybody will be able to see it. And so, in the same way that everybody was able to see their dead bodies lying in the streets for three and a half days, everybody's going to see the breath of God come back into them, and they're raised up to life. Can you imagine just how freaky that would be? <laughs> I mean, the, whole, the whole time, you're, you know, you're sitting around as the enemies of these guys, just so glad, dancing around, exchanging gifts, and then, whoa, what is going on? As these guys are just like, <laughs> you know, wow, what an incredible moment. Praise God for that. Well, verse 13 says, In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell in the earthquake. Seven thousand people were killed, and the rest were afraid, and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now, notice what this is, this is telling us. The contribution of these witnesses, many of the survivors become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, giving glory to the God of heaven. Because when this earthquake happened, and all these events are transpiring, these guys were dead, and then three and a half days later, they were raised to life, and we saw them ascend up into heaven, and then the earthquake, and 7,000 people die. When it talks there about, and the rest were afraid, the rest were afraid, meaning the fear of God gripped their hearts, and they gave glory to God. And so people will turn, doesn't say how many, but people will turn and give glory to God, and they will get saved as a result of the ministry of these guys and the events that the people witness in regards to how God raised them from the dead. And it says, verse 14, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. And now in the last part here of chapter 11, your Bibles might be subtitled as mine is, the seventh trumpet 
the kingdom proclaimed because we've made it through six of the trumpets and then there was this kind of intermission here while God talked to us about the witnesses and now the seventh trumpet is going to be blown here. And so let me read verses 15 down through the end of the chapter. Then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones, note that, fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. And then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. But this is all happening in heaven. John, John writing about this spectacular moment here of sights and sounds and, and, uh, and, and all of this experience of, you know, lightnings, noises, thunderings. This is just like the presence of God shaking even heaven in this moment here. But it mentions the, this seventh trumpet, and here's basically a summary of the seventh trumpet where an announcement is made that God is going to take over the earth as judge and king. That's what is being declared here, here that God is announcing through the blowing of this trumpet, that he is about to take over the earth as judge and king. And it mentions the 24 elders. Now, the 24 elders are symbolic of the raptured church that is in heaven. And they fall on their faces here, and they worship God. And, and that's when they declare what we just read there uh, between verses 17 and 18. And it's interesting to note with me that there are three times that Revelation talks about the elders, the 24 elders, falling down and worshiping. The first time was back in chapter 4 when they were praising God as creator. The next time was in chapter 5 when they were praising God as redeemer. And then you have it here in chapter 11 when they are praising God as judge and king over all the earth. So you see the 24 elders symbolic of the church, representing the church, falling down on these different occasions before the Lord and worshiping him. Let's get into chapter 12, see how far we can get in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. But it tells us at chapter uh, 12, at the beginning of the chapter, the woman, the child, and the dragon. And, it's, and I'll read down uh, through verse 12, and then we'll, we'll back up and take a look here. It says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland, or some translations say a crown of 12 stars. And then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman and was ready, who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. And then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. 
Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. We have here a, the story about a woman, a child, and a dragon, and I want to de- identify each of these three uh, characters in the story. One of the things you have to keep in mind in the book of Revelation, again, is that this is, um, this is an Eastern mindset versus how we often think as Westerners. We think very chronologically. We like points one, two, and three, but Eastern mindsets are different. They, they think uh, circularly, and, and so sometimes even in communication, uh, people from different cultures can have a difficult time understanding each other just because of the way you either think sequentially or not. And when you read the book of Revelation, for the most part, it is sequential, so it appeals to our Western minds. Once in a while, however, it's written very easternly, which is to say that this is a chapter that is not in chronological order. Um, it is giving us a backdrop to events that happened even before, some of this is referencing even before uh, Adam and Eve were created. That there was an event that happened in heaven where Lucifer, who was you know, one of the chief angels, rebelled and was expelled from heaven. This is referencing even that, which happens before Adam and Eve were created. And so in chapter 12, it has to be understood this way. This is not happening in chronological order. This is giving us a backdrop of information. Now, first of all, who is the woman? Let's, let's talk about who she might be in this story. There's been uh, many unusual attempts in the past to try to identify this woman. The Roman Catholic Church, just so that you know, the Roman Catholic Church believes that the woman in Revelation chapter 12 is representing the Virgin Mary. Uh, It is common in Roman Catholic art, you might have noticed, uh, to represent Mary as standing on a crescent moon with 12 stars around her head, taken right here from Revelation chapter 12. The problem with that is that it tells us at the beginning here that this is a great sign, or some of your translations say a wondrous sign. It's not a literal woman. This is figurative. This is a sign. So right out of the gate, uh, in verse 1, this is not a literal woman. This is a great sign. This is a wondrous sign that appeared. Uh, Now, many Protestants believe that she represents the church, that Mary is a picture of the church. The problem with that is that whenever the church is referred to in female terms in the book of Revelation, it's only as the bride of Christ not as a woman giving birth. It's quite the opposite. God has given birth to the church. The church doesn't give birth. So it's not a good analogy that this woman represents the church either. In fact, Mary Baker Eddy, who was the founder of Christian science, which, by the way, is neither. (laughs) 
It's like grape nuts. You ever had grape nut cereal? It's not grapes, and it ain't nuts. Christian science is neither Christian nor science. It's actually a cult. And she claimed to be the woman of Revelation chapter 12. Now, you really know it's a cult. And she believed that the child that she gave birth to is the religious system of Christian science. All right, so who is the woman? In order to understand the woman, her identity, uh, you have to let Scripture define itself. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. So when you look here in verse 1, look in your Bibles again in verse 1, where it tells us that this great sign appeared, this woman is a picture of something, that she was, in verse 1, clothed with the sun, circle that, with the moon, circle that, and under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. So you have the sun, you have the moon, you have 12 stars. In the margin of your Bible, you can write down Genesis 37. In Genesis 37, between verses 3 and 11, Joseph, remember that Jacob had 12 sons. Among them was Joseph. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery to the Midianites, remember? Taken down uh, to Egypt. All right. Joseph had dreams. God gave him dreams. Now, Joseph... He was, um, he was an interesting character. He was a, a little full of himself, and um, you know, the Bible says that he was the favored son of his father, and remember, dad made him that coat of many colors, and Joseph went around wearing it, like, you know, would you take off, the, the rest of his brothers were jealous. Take off the bathrobe. Why do you have to, you know, display that you are dad's favorite? So they were jealous of him. That's why they sold him into slavery, and then they pretended that he had died and all this stuff. Okay. Joseph had different dreams that God had actually given him to show him in advance how God was going to use him. The problem is, and he's young at the time, he's probably like 17 years of age. The problem is he shouldn't have gone around talking about his dreams, but nevertheless he did. And on one of the occasions, he gathered his brothers around in Genesis 37, and he said, guys, I've had a dream. I had a dream that the sun bowed down to me, and the moon bowed down to me, to me, and the stars bowed down to me. And guess what, guys? The sun represents dad. The moon represents Jacob. Okay, the sun, Jacob, the, is represented the father. The moon is mom, Rachel. And the stars are all of you bros. And you're all going to bow down to me one day. Now, in reality, what happened, if you remember, Joseph, God used Joseph to basically save the, the Jewish people because there was a great drought and God had taken Joseph, allowed this to happen. He's in Egypt. He had stockpiled resources. When his starving family, who had betrayed him, go down to Egypt to get resources because they're starving under this famine, lo and behold, there's Joseph and they're reunited. That's a whole other Bible study. But the point is that, that Joseph had this dream. The son was a picture of his father, Jacob. The moon was a picture of his mother, Rachel. The stars were a picture of his brothers. And all of it together represents the nation of Israel. Because Jacob and the 12 tribes of Israel that emerged as a result through the seed of Jacob, among them was uh, Joseph. The woman is a picture of the nation of Israel. It is consistent with the dream of Genesis 37. This woman clothed with the sun and the moon and the stars here in Revelation 12 is the same as Genesis 37 and the dream that God gave Joseph. It is a picture of the nation of Israel. And in other Old Testament passages, Israel is often represented as a woman. In Isaiah 54, in Jeremiah 3, in Ezekiel 16, in Hosea chapter 2, the nation of Israel is often represented as a woman. 
And, and so that is consistent with scripture. So the woman is represented here, representative here of the nation of Israel, who is the child and who is the dragon. You'll have to come back next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening today to Cornerstone Connection. This book of Revelation that you've been studying with Pastor Gary is one that many have studied and analyzed, tried and tried again to pinpoint on a timeline. When will Jesus come? When will these and times events take place? Have they already begun? There are many questions we don't have the answers to, and we won't until they happen. But there are some truths that we can hold on to. These events will happen. Jesus is returning, and he will defeat Satan once and for all. And all those who have made Jesus Lord in their life will be with him for eternity. What a wonderful time that will be. So where does that leave us? It's important to know what's coming so that you can prepare now and trust Jesus for what we don't know. We must give our lives to the Lord, and we need to give others the opportunity to do the same. We're so glad you tuned in for today's study in Revelation. If you'd like to explore more teachings from God's Word that Pastor Gary has shared, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you'll also learn more about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel. Come visit us if you're in the area. All the information you need is at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Join us next time for more here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.